From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. President Donald Trump renewed his call to rebuild American infrastructure in his State of the Union address on January 30th. He believes that $200 billion in additional federal spending over the next decade can prompt states and private companies to put up $1.3 trillion more. I'll talk about it today with Jacob Fischler, CQ's transportation reporter, and our budget editor, Pete Cohn. Welcome, guys. Hi, Sean. Thanks, Sean. So, Pete, the big question about infrastructure is how to pay for it. Does Trump's plan offer a path? Well, I think a couple of things about what he's talking about. And, you know, we've seen this since the campaign. He's rolled out these figures before. They seem to keep creeping higher. You know, the $200 billion figure was in his budget last year, and there was a lot of, of confusion about where that money would come from. There are some offsets in the budget that would come out of discretionary, tra- other discretionary transportation programs, appropriated programs. Uh, there was also proposals to finance the $200 billion with the return of capital from overseas coming back through this one-time tax on repatriation. That money is now gone because that was used in this tax overhaul. There's a real question about where this money would come from. On the other hand, Congress certainly just had no problem throwing away uh, $1.5 trillion in terms of the tax overhaul bill, and all that was tacked onto the credit card. Uh, it may only cost a trillion dollars if you factor in economic growth. So I think from, from the transportation community, there's a sense of, you know, if it was good enough for uh, for tax cuts, why can't we have that money for infrastructure? And But if you have to pay for it, there's an obvious financing mechanism here, and that's the motor fuels taxes, gasoline and diesel taxes, which have not been increased since 1993. They haven't kept up with inflation. You've got states raising their taxes left and right to pay for infrastructure. Why is it that Washington cannot uh, get their minds around the possibility of raising the gas taxes? So those are really the, the options. You've got one option is not to pay for it. Another option is to use uh, multinationals, corporate revenues from overseas. That's off the table now. Uh, raising the uh, gas tax is uh, is another idea which seems to have landed with quite a bit of a thud every time it's uh, been put out there. The Democrats, when they had complete control of Washington in 2009, uh, it, it wasn't even, you know, the Democratic administration took that off the table early. There's just no interest in, in raising these taxes. Now, Trump's campaign, campaign promise was $1 trillion over 10 years, right? So why is he upping the ante here to one5 there's a sense that you're going to leverage all this private investment and the states and, and localities are going to pony up as well. They're going to start issuing bonds left and right, and it's going to be a bonanza for all these infrastructure projects. I think they're just picking these numbers out of thin air. They look at, in some cases, their existing credit programs across the federal government. There's a program called the TIFIA program, which has been a fairly successful program, leveraging small amounts of federal dollars into credit that's extended to uh, joint public-private partnerships, P3s they call them, where you have uh, the states or the localities will pick up part of the tab, they'll work with private investors, and there are a lot of international groups that do this kind of thing. They've been very successful at it in other countries and even parts of the U.S. But the problem is, is that a lot of those high-return projects are already on the books. I don't really know where they get these numbers from, but it's, it's a way to just sort of make things look a lot bigger than they actually are. So, you know, there's a lot of questions about some, how something like this could work. Right. And as far as putting this on the uh, federal credit card, there was an important announcement recently from the Treasury Department, correct, that the uh, we are going to reach the federal debt ceiling a bit earlier than expected because 
of the tax cuts that were just enacted at the end of last year. So might that affect this debate, that we're now looking at big deficits? The deficit question is always in the background. They, you know, Both parties pay lip service, but at the end of the day, they don't really care too much about the deficit. Uh, you know, there, there are some who, who truly do believe that we're digging the hole deeper and deeper and our grandchildren are going to suffer and all that. You hear the, the same talking points year after year. But at the end of the day, if you can, build, if you can pave roads and, and fill in potholes and fix bridges that are crumbling and you can do that in an election year, that is just political gold. And so, you know, the debt limit is a real issue. Uh, you know, it has to be dealt with. They, it's been dealt with every time it's come up. We've never defaulted. The fact that the tax cuts have pulled a little bit of the revenue loss uh, forward, to the, you know, by a few weeks, it's not really going to change the, the overall situation. You know, our sense is they'll attach the debt limit to one of these must-pass bills in the next few weeks. They'll move on and they'll start putting together the infrastructure package. But there are a lot of things that are must-dos this year. Uh, a $200 billion uh, infrastructure fund of some kind is not on that list. Maybe for political reasons it is. You've got things like uh, just in the transportation world alone, you've got the FAA bill coming up at the end of March, which is a, a must-do thing. Or For the know, Federal Aviation Federal administration. Aviation Administration, exactly. Okay, Jacob. So are the fiscal conservatives, the deficit hawks, worried? You know, uh, not as far as I can tell. They're not kind of their... Um, ready to uh, basically oppose the president. He lays this out in the State of the Union. They, they didn't kind of come and right away pour cold water on it. But I don't sense a lot of enthusiasm in terms of paying for something like this. And, and you know, a lot of influential lawmakers, the, uh, the chairman, for example, of the authorizing committees in the Senate, John Thune and John Barrasso, are from uh, rural very non-densely populated states. Right, Thune from South Dakota, Senator from South Dakota and Barrasso from Wyoming. Exactly. And um, so the idea that, that private investment is going to come into those places and and uh, make up a, a large portion of whatever spending is done uh, is just not going to work. So the idea, their idea is, you know, you have to have direct federal spending. And um, there's a, a lot of questions about where that would come from. Yeah, tell me a little bit about this whole idea of leveraging private capital. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what is what, how would that work? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, hopefully we'll have have some more answers for you on CQ.com in the uh, the coming uh, weeks. But Pete talked a bit about it. There's you know this concept of public-private partnerships. So the federal government uh, you know provides a bit of capital um, or it could be loan guarantees, just straight up loans, that kind of thing. And uh, then a private company kind of comes in and they are given the rights to an asset. A it could be transportation, it could be water, uh, broadband, energy. These are all things. Are we that talking are about private toll roads? Uh, it could be. That could be one thing. It's something that comes to mind for a lot of people. So it needs to have a revenue stream, right? A private entity needs to have a has investors, they need to make a return on investment. And if they're paying, you know, billions of dollars for the rights to operate a road, a bridge, something like that, they need to have a way to make their money back and then some. So coming up with that $200 billion, um, Pete addressed this a little bit, the, the gas tax, it hasn't been raised in quite a while. A lot of the business community supports an increase in the gas tax, surprisingly enough. Um, what are the dynamics on Capitol Hill so far as raising the gas tax? Right. So, uh, so it's a, quite a heavy lift. Uh, as Pete said, it kind of kind of landed with a thud. It kind of always does. There's a lot of people who 
don't necessarily hate the idea. Some people who who actually like it, especially in the people who who I cover in the transportation world. Um, Roll Call reported yesterday that that Bill Schuster raised this issue at the Republican. He's the Pennsylvanian who chairs the House Transportation right, Committee, right? And, and a Republican, uh, kind of a Chamber of Commerce type, uh, but and um, retiring so he can be for a tax <laughs> increase. Now. That's right, right. right. Um, and, and it was kind of shot down with Republicans. Um, One other thing with the gas tax too is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but people are driving less than they used to, uh, buying less gas, and that this is driving down the the balance of the highway trust fund, which right. is where those gas tax money goes to pay for rebuilding highways. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few different dynamics at work. It, it's not necessarily that people are driving less, but cars are more fuel efficient, and uh, and there's there's you know electric vehicles, things like that, and um, you know we expect those things to get more prevalent. Uh, and so they're they're certainly buying less gas, and the 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 gas tax isn't indexed to anything. So it was last raised in 1993. Um, it's really worth less now, 25 years later, than it was then. Yeah, and with gas prices fairly r- low right now, it would seem like if they're not going to raise the gas tax now, when are they going to do it? Right. And so you know that gets into like you were asking about the uh, the political consideration. So even some I went to a, a, an event this week with the New Democrats, and they were calling for you know sustainable funding. These uh, are rather, moderates. Yeah, moderate Democrats. And I asked, you know, are you endorsing a gas tax raise? And they said, well. The reason that we hesitate about that is because we try to be forward-looking and in the future, you know, gas tax is kind of in the past. You're going to be looking at other models to pay for infrastructure. It could be vehicle, miles traveled, or some other kind of fee. Yeah. And are there other ideas floating around? Because President Trump has pretty much ceded the details of this whole thing to Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. So are they talking on the Hill about other possibilities, cuts in, in budgets elsewhere or other... Uh, revenue raisers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they are talking. We don't know exactly uh, what they're talking about at this point. Um, Bill Schuster, who we mentioned, is has been working with uh, with the ranking member of his committee, uh, Peter DeFazio of Oregon, and uh, they're not really talking about what exactly they're they're uh, they're looking at. But but we can assume that there's some kind of it. Definitely comes with revenues and pay fors. Yeah. So I mean, Pete mentioned that this. Could be a real bonanza for people running for re-election. Uh, you know, build some more roads, fix up some infrastructure. So why is this not, uh, you know, a sure thing? Well, you've got to pay for it. And, uh, you know, if you're going to build roads, if you're going to pay for infrastructure, uh, that might be good. Um, raising people's taxes never plays particularly well in, a, in an election year. And then there's the issue of, um, you know, President Trump is not particularly popular. Um and Democrats are really kind of, you know, to play to their base, have no reason to give uh, to give the president. Yeah, away. I mean, let's talk about that yeah. for a second. I mean, this was thought to be the one area in the Trump agenda where there might be common cause with Democrats, because Democrats normally want to spend on infrastructure. Sure. Yeah. Well. Well. First of all, there's there's a couple things I'd say. Uh, the idea of a trillion dollars in new infrastructure spending, I think, you know, if if the president came out with something like that. Um, you know, an appropriation for a trillion dollars, he'd get most of the Democrats. Uh, the idea that you're going to uh, put down some federal money and then it's supposed to do all this leveraging, um, that's really not as attractive. Um, it's also putting a lot of more responsibility on state and local governments, which is something that Democrats don't really have an appetite for. And then there's the Democrats have an idea that they might take the House back next year. So rather than um, allow Republicans an election year victory, 
and agree to, to an infrastructure plan that they're not really excited about, you know, I think some of them might be thinking, hey, let's just sit back and and win the house, and then we'll write this bill next year. Right. Okay. Let's one one other issue as far as a pay for goes is when the the federal highway system was constructed back in the 1950s. They said there couldn't be any tolls on those highways. Now, certain fe- highways are exempt because they had tolls previously. You know, people along the East Coast are familiar with those tolls. Mm-hmm. But in the rest of the country, there are no tolls on federal highways. Might that be a solution? Might that be the revenue raiser? Yeah, th- I mean, certainly that could be part of it. Um, you know, I talked to uh, some folks with the toll, um, basically a toll um, advocacy group uh, this week. They don't really have a figure for how much money that that could raise, but um, you're absolutely right. You know, if you lift that restriction, there might be uh, especially highly populated areas that that see a lot of traffic and. Um, you know, if you put tolls on those, you could you could raise a bit of money. Yeah, and you wrote a story recently about how this all is playing with groups and Republican constituency groups. And d- tell me about how that breakdown the bis- the business groups versus the sort of fiscally conservative groups. The people who are involved in in business, essentially, you know, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce came out with a proposal to raise the gas tax by twenty five cents. That would more than double it. Um, and basically, I think what, where they're coming from is, hey, we're the business community. We need a really good um, road network and all kinds of infrastructure uh, to, to move our products, to help the economy. It's an economic issue. It, it helps businesses to have that working well. And it's a relatively efficient tax. So it's a user fee. The people who use the system pay for it. And it's easy to collect. It's easy to administer. On the other side, you have kind of these um, more ideological forces, um, Americans for Prosperity. Which is a Koch Brothers-funded uh, vehicle. Exactly. And um, who are just kind of opposed to any kind of increase in taxes, any kind of increased involvement of the federal right. government. So that's what the Republicans are dealing with. All right. Well, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Jacob, for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. 